welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. talking about? Wow. Thank you, Chris. Talking me up. I like it. Well, you can be seated. Thank you so much. And um, band, you can be seated too. Who loved the band? What an amazing job you did. I love that worship. I love that worship. Who wrote that song? Something about singing praises. Yeah. Who's that? Oh, I'm taking that one. That was so good. So good. Thank you so very much. Well, it's a joy to be here. You know, I just really is. I've known this church for how long? Long time, as long as I've known Ruth and Chris. And uh, obviously I'm here up on the coast because of the beautiful brown wedding yesterday, which was just incredible. I loved it so much. There was so much love and joy in that day. And there's nothing more beautiful is there than a beautiful coming together of two people who love God and just committing their lives together. So Ruth and Chris, well done. Well done. Just so beautiful and so much great dancing. Hudson, where's Hudson? I want some dancing lessons. So good. Oh, my gosh. And just to see everybody dancing the night away, I loved it so much. And uh, Ruth sent me a photo of Luke yesterday, actually yesterday morning of my daughter, Chloe, cuddling him when Luke was a brand new baby and... Chloe was about five, being a mother that she is. And um, you're right. I thought, as soon as I saw the photo, what a gorgeous-looking baby. Oh, my gosh. So he does get the award for a good-looking baby, that's for sure. So now I hear tomorrow that tomorrow you're starting to raise the roof. I feel really privileged to be preaching today because I actually feel like that's As soon as Ruth and Chris told me about this adventure that you're going on as a church, I just knew straight away that it's a spiritual thing way more than it is a physical thing. And I just saw God raising the roof in every area of this church. Every area. I just saw your your, um, influence going out, just raising the roof and healings. And just, I just saw that just clear as day. And, you know, and as I was worshiping here, this morning I just I'm sorry but I mean look this place is full already it's like two morning services are coming like God is raising the roof you know and Ruth and Chris your incredible faithfulness and endurance and just building just such a beautiful community of love and the presence and power of God and I just see God raising the roof on you both and raising the roof on the influence of this church in every area And I even saw, as I was worshipping, I saw someone writing a song about raising the roof. Who is that? (laughs) Who's that song leader, that song writer that is going to, a song is going to come out of the season for your church and you're going to really raise the roof in the spiritual realm. And and every time you look at that new roof, you're just going to be so thankful, not just for the roof, but for what God has done in your midst. Amen? 
Amen. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I loved your prophecies, both of you, just, you know, because that's really what I'm sharing about today is the, the love and the faithfulness of God to us. And I've titled my message this morning, um, The Last Laugh, when Ruth said, you know, because obviously I'm not tall, dark and handsome like was supposed to be here today. I'm short and blonde. I'm not Paul, I'm Sherilyn. But she said, I was going, oh, everyone's going to be so looking forward to Paul. And Ruth said, no, shares, just bring your joy and your faith. And um, so anyway, my message is called The Last Laugh. So, And I'm going to be sharing this morning about Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, who are a couple in the Bible that had to wait a really long time for their promise to come to pass. And um, when God gave it to them, you know, they were already 75 when God... Ga- and I, can I say how much I love this church, the honouring of generations? I just love that. It's, I feel so safe here and just, it's beautiful, really beautiful. And from the children right up, I just really, really uh, love, love that about this church. And when God called um, Abraham and Sarah, um, Abraham was 75... And he said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to leave your father's household. I want you to leave your country. And I want you to go to a place that you don't know where it is, but I just want you to go. I want you to obey me. And Abraham is known as a man of great faith and obedience. I mean, that's a really incredible thing to do, right? Just leave your father's household, leave your family, leave your country, leave everything you know, and just, you don't actually know where you're going to be going, but just trust me, like Hudson, trust me. And... uh, So that's what we're going to be about today and the incredible journey they went on and the different types of laughs that we can have in our spirit. But ultimately, they came up with the laugh of victory. They they had some battles along the way, like we all do. We all do. I I have a little saying, everybody gets a turn. God is so good and fair, right? So... Everybody gets a turn. And um, so let's just start with a scripture. Hebrews 11, verse 11 to 12. It says, By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled, I want you to get that word, enabled, to become a father because he considered him faithful. He was enabled, not by his own ability, he had no ability, he actually couldn't, you know, well maybe he could, but Sarah couldn't, no he wouldn't have been able to either, I don't think, (laughs) couldn't, um, you know, conceive a child anymore, but they considered him faithful to the promise, he who had made the promise, and so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and countless as the sand on the seashore. Abraham considered God faithful. And, you know, when, when God called Abraham out at 75 years old, you know, he said, leave your family, leave your nation. And he said, I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you. So he had that promise in his heart. He had a word from God. And I guess this message today is for people here, maybe you've got, you've got a promise or God has spoken something to you. It might be years and years and years ago, and you still haven't seen it come to pass. But you know what? God is faithful, and all we have to do is consider him faithful. Hold on to him, and we will land laughing the laugh of victory. 
That's a promise. That's a guaranteed. So, and sometimes our circumstances can, um, you know, like we believe what the word says about God. We believe that he's faithful, that he's a healer. You know, nothing's impossible to God. But sometimes our circumstances can, uh, you know, um, you know, make us think that oh, maybe God's, you know, he's not fair or he's forgotten me or something like that. But no, God is faithful. The moment God has spoken and given you a promise, he's already created it. It's already done. And all we have to do is stay faithful to his faithfulness. Sometimes we think we have to have faith in our faith, like we've got to drum up this faith. No, we just have faith in a person that has said something to us and we believe that he's faithful to what he said. So, you know, Abraham and Sarah, they laughed, the laugh of... um, just despair at times, like you know, like a like a you know that laugh of just like like whatever you know, like as if it's going to happen now. It's too late. I don't want it anyway. But you know, it's never too late for the promises of God to come to pass. And you know, they laughed in unbelief, as we're going to see. They laughed in unbelief, but they landed right way up, and they were still around at the end to laugh the laugh of victory. You know, um, there's different types of laughter. Laughter is an amazing thing. I love laughing. I mean, I spent my whole childhood at school laughing. Like, I drove the teachers crazy. I don't know what it was, but every... We had a little gang of friends, and we just thought everything was funny. Like, we just laughed and laughed. Like, I remember the teacher throwing duster at the... um, Duster, that makes me sound so old. The, uh, you know, the thing that... Yeah, the duster. Throwing it at us because we just couldn't stop laughing. I don't know why everything was funny. I wish I was like that now. But, um, and I remember when I had a girlfriend over to stay, my mother would always end up separating us because it would be like one o'clock in the morning. We'd be like, like just laughing in the bedroom, pillows over our heads. I don't know why everything was funny, but it was a fabulous time. So, um, you know, and it's one thing to laugh and it's another thing to be laughed at, right? So some laughs are really good, a great belly laugh, but if someone's laughing at you, that's not very nice, is it? That's not a nice laugh. Or if someone's mocking you. And I've got a friend that she laughs every time someone tells her something bad, like something's died or something, or she just gets a smile on her face and she says, I start laughing and I just, it's a nervous laugh because she doesn't know what to say and she feels uncomfortable. So that's not a very nice laugh either. But we're going to find out some good laughs. Now, who remembers um, when the two Australians were executed in Bali and, um, and Andrew Chan was one of them? It was terrible, wasn't it? Just terrible. And he became a Christian in prison, Andrew Chan. And his pastor, I read this story about him, and his pastor was with him the day before his death. He was going to be executed the very next day. And his pastor was spending his last moments with him. And the pastor felt got this thought in his head and he really felt it was from God, have one more laugh with Andrew, have a laugh. And the pastor said, oh, it can't be, this is not a laughing matter. And he felt, he, he was kept talking to him and that thought just kept coming to his mind and he knew it was God. So he just, this thought, another thought came and just said, ask, ask him what his favourite animal is. So he said to Andrew, Andrew, what's your favourite animal? And then Andrew said, oh, I don't know. And then he thought for a minute and he said, an elephant. And then the pastor said, 
you just said an elephant because I look like an elephant, like he was rather large. And for some reason, they both found that funny and they laughed and they laughed and they laughed together. How beautiful is that? Like, never underestimate the power of laughter. You know, God's given it to us. So I, it just was so beautiful. So let's have a look now at the, um, the laugh of unbelief that both Abraham and Sarah laughed. So even though Abraham is known to us as a great father of faith, he also he stumbled along the way and he had moments. And I love that. God, God knows we don't have to be perfect in our journeys of faith. You know, faith is not faith until it's faced fear. Faith is not faith unless it's wrestled with doubt. It's not faith. And it's like how you land and how you come up that really matters. And it seems that, um, you know, they got tired. Sarah and Abraham got tired of waiting for their promise. And I love this. Sarah comes up with a solution to help God. She says in Genesis 16.2, she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. Don't you like the way he put up a fight? (laughs) Anyway, we know what happens. The maid gets pregnant. Her name is Hagar. And she has a baby called Ishmael, which is um, Abraham's. And, of course, that just caused terrible tension between the two women. And, you know, um, Hagar ended up having to leave with Ishmael because, you know, Sarah basically hated her. But it was her idea in the first place. But anyway. So trying to make the promise come to pass in our own strength or in our own way will only cause distress and unnecessary heartache, right? It's best to wait. It's best to wait for the, the perfect timing. But waiting for a promise is not an easy thing. You know, I can't even wait for the microwave to finish. Like, our make microwave always has three seconds on it. Because <laughs> I can't, it's like, ah, oh, I can't wait any longer. I just push it at three when it's got three seconds left to go. You know, because it's like, it's too long. And we do... We do live in a, in, a, in a fast world, don't we? We can get money immediately, we can, even if we don't have it. We can get food immediately, you know, if you call it food. I call it any food. You have to put your hand through a window to get it. It's not food, but anyway. So, you know, but, you know, we live in a, a very fast now society. But God does not work like that. God is not like that. Hebrews 11.6 says, faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith, you can have great faith. In fact, the Lord said to me one day, Sherilyn, you, my girl, have got great faith, but you've got shocking patience. (laughs) So he said, you know, because I was trying to get pregnant with um, our second child, and it just wasn't happening. I mean, we were doing all we could, but it just wasn't happening. And I was like, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord said that to me. You have great faith, but you have your So he said, I'm going to build patience into your character. And, you know, it's really exciting when God speaks to you. I was like, oh, that's really great. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. But six and a half years later, when, you know, there's no baby and Ruth is onto her fourth baby. 
<laughs> and I am still, you know, I've got a six and a half year old now. Chloe's, you know, Chloe's crying because she doesn't have a brother or sister. And, but, you know, the Lord had given me a promise. But you know what? I had to really strain my ear after those six and a half years to remember what God had said and remember the promise. Because he said, you will have another child, but in my time. So the timing of God is perfect. God built something into my character that wasn't there that I needed to fulfill the call on my life, right? So it's not easy. Was that an easy six and a half years? It was terrible. I was the women's minister. I had to visit every new baby in the church, and I loved that, and I celebrated with every little baby born. But there was a sorrow in my heart. You're like, Lord, where's my baby? Especially when every month there's opportunity for my promise to come to pass. So anyway, God is faithful. And I did get my baby after six and a half years. I remember just saying, okay, Lord, I got to the point. I, I went, even went to the hospital, had an operation just to check and everything was normal as I knew it was because I thought I'd better get, be wise after all those years. And I came out of that. I was like, okay, Lord, you have given me a promise. And I had people say to me, pastors even say to me, Sherilyn, you've got one child. You're blessed. Just have one. Just let go of all this. Just have one. I was like, no. God has given me a promise. I have this child on the inside of me. And, you know, you just, I was determined to get that child no matter how long it took. And I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, it's been six years now. All right, okay. I don't know when it's coming. It could be another five. It could be another ten. But I know it's coming. And I'm going to serve you with all my heart and with all my soul meantime. And when I did that, when I kind of came to that place, I just felt like my faith, like a promotion in my faith. Like, you know, like, like you know when you're driving a manual? I love driving manuals. And you go up a gear if you don't grunt it, and you go up a gear and, you know, it makes that sound. And I felt like, the, like my faith went up a level and it was like a promotion in God in a sense. So when we, when we just hang around and hold on, you know, it, it builds something so great into, into us. And so I got my child, I got Olivia, and then three years later I got a bonus. I got Elijah. So that was so good. So faith and patience and here at the promises. So, and... Um, you know, then, then God, he's so gracious to them because they did this terrible thing. Like, you know, they tried to make the promise happen themselves and have a baby with a slave. But God says, he's just so kind. And he says, you know what, guys, I'm going to change your name. You are Abram and you are Sarai. I'm going to change your name to Abraham and I'm going to change your name to Sarah. And they, he, they both got the ah. Uh, put into their names, which is the breath of God. And though both those names mean the father of nations and the mother of nations. So every time they spoke their names, they were declaring over their world, I am Abraham, the father of nations. And she was, I am um, Sarah, the mother of nations. So they were beginning to speak and declare over their worlds what God had promised. We've got to do that too. We've got to speak it. We've got Part of faith is what we speak and what we declare over our worlds and over our lives, contrary to what we are seeing and what we are experiencing, right? They were old. They, they, there was no baby. They didn't even have one, let alone a nation. So that's them. Okay. 
God always takes us past our own understanding on our faith journeys. So, and, and then when, when, when God came and said that to him, and he said, Abraham, you're going to have another baby, you're going to have a baby through Sarah. And in Genesis 17, 17, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? He laughed, the laugh of unbelief. It was like, will, like, incredulous unbelief. Like, will a child, how? It's impossible. It's gone past its time. And then another visit, he comes and he says to Sarah, well, actually, he says to Abraham, in one year from now, Sarah will have a baby and you are to call him Isaac. Now he's getting specific. He tells them what name to call him. And I love that Sarah overheard that conversation. And then let's have a look at this in Genesis 18, how she laughed. Verses 12, it says, Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? That's funny, isn't it? Verse 13, and then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? I love her response. She said, oh, he said, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will rep- return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. And in verse 15, Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But God said, yes, you did laugh. (laughs) God knows exactly where you're at. God knows. We can't trick him, can we? We can't trick him. I love it. So today, some of you have the laugh of unbelief in your heart. Some of you have that. It's just laughing because it's just silly. It's too silly now. It's too silly. It's gone on too long. It just doesn't even make sense now. But I see God encouraging your heart today and just putting, just igniting your faith that nothing is impossible to God. And if he has spoken to it, he is faithful. And all you have to do is ignite your faith in his faithfulness, faith in him as our good father. Okay, sometimes we get the mocking laugh of others, people laughing at us. They think we're stupid. You know, what are you doing that for? What are you raising the roof for? What are you doing that? You know, what, why? Jairus, you know, in the New Testament, Jairus, his daughter, was really ill and he went and he sought out Jesus to come and pray for his daughter. While he was there, he, Jairus got word that his um, daughter had actually died and he said, don't worry, Jesus. But Jesus says, no, I'm coming because don't, she's, you know, she's not dead. She's asleep. Don't worry, I'm coming. So he came back. And when they got back, everybody was wailing and crying. And let's have a look here at these people, what the, how they responded. Because the little girl was dead. Luke 8 says, meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and he said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned and at once she stood up. And then just the next verse, it says, you know, her parents were astonished, as they would be. But tell me, who's laughing now? You know what, if people are mocking you, I remember when I first became a Christian, I got so laughed at. 
in my workplace. They made so much fun of me. They just were just joking at me all the time, mocking, a really horrible mocking. And uh, I ended up leaving six weeks later. I thought, see you later, guys. And um, <laughs> But they really mocked me. But, you know, before I was a Christian, I mocked Christians too because I thought they were weirdos. And I never met a, a beautiful born-again believer. All the Christians I met were, I don't know, they, they just, I don't know what happened. But I, I was 24 until I kind of was heard and saw, you know, until I was revealed to me and I had a real encounter with God. But I had that mocking in my heart too about Christians. But, hey, they can mock it and laugh at me all they like, but I love my life. I love God. I love, you know, serving him. I'm going to heaven. I'm blessed. I'm healthy. I'm well. Who's got the last laugh now? Yeah, me. Absolutely. And the last laugh to finish off, the laugh of victory. And this is the laugh that God wants us all to laugh. The laugh of victory, the fulfillment of your promise. You know, when we came back from Los Angeles, it was a very difficult time for us. We lost our ch a church like you. We just like Ruth and Chris love you so much. All Ruth and Chris ever said, I love, we love our church so much. They were telling me all your wonderful stories, what's happening in your families and lives. And they love you so much. And we had to just suddenly go and leave our church that we loved so much and it was a real grief to us and then we came back and we kind of didn't fit in anymore and it was all weird and what are we going to do I don't know and then oh it was terrible time terrible and you know just missing that kind of purpose and that specific thing that we were meant to do we didn't know what we meant to do anymore long story short you know here we are but you know we stuck with it we just held on to God's faithfulness. And 14 years later, I mean, you know, some things take a long time. 14 years later, you know, now we're pastoring Avalon and it's like we stepped right back into where we left off. God, like, because it had been going for three years, the church, when we stepped in. And it was just like when we left our church. It was like we didn't miss a beat. We just stepped right back in where we left off and now we're pastoring again and we love our congregation and we couldn't have been happier. But you know what? That was a 14-year difficult journey. But God is faithful. You know what? We got the laugh of victory. We got the laugh of victory. So let's just finish off and have a look here at um, Genesis 21 and let's look at Sarah. And re let's remember that God specifically told um, Abraham and Isaac to call, I mean, Abraham, Abraham and Sarah to call their son that was going to come to call him Isaac. Let's remember that. So Genesis 21 verse 1 says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Isn't that just beautiful? You can put your name in there. You can put your name in there. And then verse 6, look what Sarah said. She got her baby. Well, she got pregnant. Did I tell you that? <laughs> She actually got pregnant and she had a baby called Isaac. She called him Isaac. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Isn't that beautiful? And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Oh, she got to laugh, that beautiful laugh of victory. I'll never forget when Olivia was born after waiting all those years. And when she was in the car seat, I reckon for two years, two years, I would look in my rear vision mirror and just smile, that smile of victory. Like, she's there. Like, I actually did it. She's there. Like, she's there. It happened, you know. 
And there's no greater joy than the, than the, the laughter and the smile of victory. There's no sweeter taste than the taste of victory. But you know what? You've got to hold on. You've got to keep turning up. You've got to keep doing what you know to do. You've got to keep obeying even when it's painful. And you don't want to, but you just do because you're, you're, you're trusting in the faithfulness of God. And you know what? The most beautiful thing is, do you know what the name Isaac means? It means to laugh. It means to laugh. And I see that over you as a congregation, like a new laughter coming into this place, a laugh of incredible victory. I see it. I'm prophesying now. I'm speaking it over you. And I just, I just see it with the raising of the roof and everything. Like it's a, it's a, I mean, you've already got the laugh of victory, but I just see a new laugh coming and just the faithfulness of God being poured out upon you like you, you just just you wait. It's going to be awesome. So, you know, the name God told Abraham and Sarah to call their child means to laugh. A perpetual reminder to them of the faithfulness and surety, I put in brackets though, not the speed, <laughs> of God's promises to us when we hold fast and consider him faithful. You know, we will laugh in moments of unbelief. We will laugh at moments of exasperation and just like incredulousness of what we're going through. But victory gets the last laugh. Victory gets the last laugh. It gets the loudest and the heartiest laugh. Tears may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.